Hey everyone, and welcome to the New Visionary Podcast, a podcast for artists who are ready to reach greater heights in their art careers. I'm your host, Victoria J. Fry, founder of Visionary Art Collective and New Visionary Magazine. Join me for inspiring conversations with some of the most inspirational visionaries in today's art world. Let's jump in. Hey, gorgeous souls, and welcome back to the New Visionary Podcast. Today, we're diving in with Kim Hobson, a visual artist and co-founder of the Mother Creatrix Collective based in Brooklyn, New York. In her work, Kim deconstructs the impact of disability with a focus on sharing her lived experience in a body that is different. Welcome, Kim. Hey, how's it going? I'm so happy to be here. Uh, So happy you're here as well. And you know, we've been planning this for a while. I've been talking about having you on the podcast for so long, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm really looking forward to diving in today and sharing your journey, your amazing work, which is so powerful, with our listeners. So I'd like to just jump in and, you know, start by telling us your a little bit about your journey as an artist and kind of how it's evolved over the years. First of all, I work on work that is about disability, about the lived experience of the body. I also have a lot of themes in motherhood because I am a mom to small children. My past or background is in education. I was an art teacher for 10 years. And then I did the kind of like, not stereotypical thing, but I did kind of a thing that a lot of women do, which is like, oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to stay at home with my children. I'm going to have the live the dream. I'm going to nurture my children. I'm going to do art. And I'm going to do it all. And then, um, and then I had my children, and I was like, "What is happening?" Um, and so, um, at the same time that I had my first son, I also started therapy because I got postpartum depression, and I really started delving into kind of what, like, how my disability has affected my motherhood journey and affected my life, like, centrally. And within that, I started grappling with my like my ableism that I didn't even know that I had about my own disability. And so there are all of these themes in my work that come out from those places. So particularly my motherhood journey. And then now going forward, um, like currently I'm I'm doing more work that is focused more on um, disability and memories of my childhood. So yeah, that's kind of my work in a nutshell. Wonderful. And I know that your process has evolved from 2D work to 3D work and video installation and and all of that. So can you tell us a little bit about how you explore these themes of motherhood and disability and this sense of otherness through different disciplines and different mediums? Yeah. Okay. So starting off when I, um, I did a series in 2022 called Sweater Weather and um, I just moved to New York I was in the process of trying to like wrap my kids in all this knitwear, trying to get them to school in the mornings. And it was really hard work because let's be honest, wrapping small toddlers in, in like gloves and hats and coats and all of these different things is is really hard. But with one hand, it's, it's really difficult. And so I found myself getting really upset. There was this one time that my son and I, like, honestly, we just had like, meltdowns, both of us, because like he ripped his gloves off. He was three at the time. He ripped his gloves off. I couldn't get them back on because it's very two handed and he was wiggly and like the coat was too big and his hand was so little. And I was like trying to get it in there. And then like, 
I think we both just like sat like on these steps of some, some random brownstone and just cried both of us. And I was just like, like, so that series, that's how that started. And like, I was doing these tiny little drawings. I didn't really have a lot of time to devote to big pieces of work. So I just started very small. And then gradually I was doing a lot of collage work because once again, it was very fast and loose. And then from there, from the collages, I worked into paintings. And so that series focuses on that imagery of figures being wrapped, bundled and burdened in different fabrics um, and textiles. There's also a lot of bright colors because I really wanted to focus on the beauty because it's complex, right? Like I both love and adore my children. I love and adore being a parent, but sometimes I also hate it (laughs) and it is hard. And I think it's okay that we can, you know, both can exist in the same space. And so that series is all about, uh, about the complexities of that situation, both the labor that goes into caregiving the love that goes into caregiving and also the struggle, particularly when your body is different and your body just won't do what you want it to do. So that's a breadth of work that I did in um, 2022. And then um, now currently I'm working on a series. The working title right now is Belonging. Um, and it's all about my memories from my childhood in Texas and kind of living in this insular community and feeling very, very stifled I think creatively but also because once again having a limb difference and having a body that's different in a very insular community that really wanted me to be kind of cookie cutter and so um, it's focuses on my experiences on the dance team in high school during that time and um, so I use a lot of like pom-pom imagery a lot of like cheerleading imagery even though drill team and cheerleading are two different things but hey, it's like the imagery is kind of similar in some ways. Yeah, so that's what I'm working on right now. Amazing. And I feel like your Sweater Weather series was such a natural progression into the work that you're doing now. And I know how much of an advocate you are for shining a light on disabled artists and really creating work that sparks a a larger dialogue around disability. And, you know, you and I have talked about how uh, artists, disabled artists are so underrepresented in the art world and and have been for so long. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, the impact that you hope to create through your work, uh, especially the video work and, and what you're you know, covering right now in your belonging series? In the forefront of this work, I'm really trying, it's, it's hard because I'm also, so Sweater Weather was a little bit more of a traditional series of work. And I think I come from a very traditional background not only just art education, but also in general, like, you know, like I've always done like drawings, paintings, collages, kind of 2D work. And so now I I would consider myself a multidisciplinary artist. In fact, I'm also very theme based. I'm really trying to figure out like, how can I tell this story? How can I bring the viewer through the experiences that I've had in my life, promote empathy for the, for that narrative? Um, I really love the art of storytelling. So I think that that's an important element in my work going forward. And so, yeah, it's been, it's been a learning curve approaching it instead of like, okay, I, this is the theme. How am I going to do this in these different types of media? Like it's, it's, a, it's been very interesting, um, but also freeing in a lot of ways. 
Um, I started off 2023 reading um, The Body is Not an Apology, which is a book by Sonia Renee Taylor. It's an amazing book. It's all about, I mean, really, if you want to like quick and dirty, it's about body shame and about how society has really like taken away our agency over our bodies. Um, And so I found that book to be honestly like life changing. And that's where this new body of work has come from. It's from mainly that book. I did, I kind of did like a personal, almost like book study where I went through the chapters and kind of did a lot of journaling about my childhood. And I was thinking like, okay, when can I first remember really experiencing body shame and living in a body that's different, having a limb difference? I was born with my limb difference. So I was born missing my left arm. And I think I always felt a little you know, different. I always knew that my body was different. But I think the first time I ever was like, oh my God, this is a real, <laughs> this is going to be a problem for me. I don't know how to handle this was when I was on my school's drill team and my drill team director we were doing some kind of a practice and we were all like doing our little pom-pom routine and we were doing it over and over and over and over again and the um, drill team director asked hey Kim you know like this is in front of like 80 other girls by the way she was like hey can we stop for a minute Kim you know like I know you have one pom-pom and everyone else has two pom-poms. So you really need to like figure out a way to blend better. We need to like figure this out. So like work on that. And I just remember thinking like, how am I supposed to work on that? Um, and at the time I kind of laughed it off. I think that there's this trend in how people like with, with the disability are perceived. We're supposed to be inspirational. We're supposed to be like, oh man, you do it. You go do the thing and do it in a way that makes everyone feel warm and fuzzy inside. Very like Hallmark lifetime movie. And honestly, that's not how it is. <laughs> but I did feel like I kind of like would kind of grin and bear the weight of those expectations. And so that's one of the memories that came out of me doing all of the different journaling based on that book. And so from there, I did a workshop at Pioneer Works, which is a pretty amazing art space here in uh, Red Hook, where I workshopped a performance piece. And so from there, I've recorded this performance piece, and I've been editing it. I know you've seen versions of it. And so it's my, I don't know a lot about both performance art and video art, very new forms of art for me of expression. So I'm really loving it. I'm absolutely loving the way I I feel like this is the way I can really tell this story. There is also some traditional pieces as well. So I'm doing a lot of collage drawing. I really, really want to do pom-poms and like some cool sculptural elements of some kind, maybe um, porcelain or ceramic or bronze. I'm also thinking about doing some like big scale paintings. Um, But it all goes back to this one particular memory and all of this imagery based from my childhood. Incredible. I mean, having had the opportunity to see your work um, grow and evolve and change from the start of your Sweater Weather series last year to, you know, what, what you're exploring now and how you're exploring it. I just appreciate so much the openness and the honesty that you bring to your work. I always feel like we create the most powerful work when we're pulling from 
the deepest place we can, the most authentic place we can within ourselves. And I, I feel that you telling your story and sharing your lived experience through these different mediums, you know, across these, these different disciplines, although your story is very personal, and I think you're, you allow yourself to be so vulnerable in your work and in sharing your personal lived experience. There's also something so universal about it because I truly feel that so many people are going to relate to you. You know, the struggles with motherhood, the uh, feeling like an identity was placed on them from an early age, growing up in an insular community where there was very little, uh, you know, diversity. And I think you, you capture that really, really well in your video work. But also, you know, again, just circling back to sparking this dialogue and spotlighting disabled artists and what it is like to live with a disability, especially in, you know, you've described to me the area that you grew up in, the community that you grew up in, where there was very little diversity and it was very much uh, sort of like one way to do things. And so I think that you kind of like going back into your memories and creating work that is rooted from that that place is really powerful. How has it been for you? I'm curious, as I've seen you go deeper and deeper into your work, have you found it healing? Have you found it difficult? Like, how has it been for you personally, as you've sort of dug up these memories and started to create work centered on these themes? It's been a little bit of both. I would would say, so like when I was reading the bodies about an apology, at first, it was very freeing. It was really like, yeah, there was a sense of empowerment, of ownership over, okay, I'm going to dismantle this. I'm going to deconstruct this. And I'm going to really get into this. And I feel like I just kind of like went at it. And I just was like, okay, what what visual story am I telling here? What What is my visual language throughout this series? You know, like, hey, I've got all of these different colors. And that's how I'm going to tell this story. And then I've got all of this different imagery the pom-poms are going to represent this. And uh, and like, I'm going to have all these, uh, I've been doing um, a collaboration with another artist who's also in um, my uh, my artist collective, Shweta Bist. We've been doing a collaboration of photo shoots and she's been taking pictures of me in these drill team cheerleader outfits, <laughs> which is pretty fun. And then um, I've been taking that imagery and then using that in my collage work, using that in my video work, using that in my paintings and stuff. And so... It's been a wild ride. I would say suddenly like about halfway through this year, then it just kind of like hit me like a brick wall. And I found myself kind of like avoiding working on it. I was like, oh, you know, like, I think a lot of artists do this. I know you and I have talked about this. I suddenly was like, oh, you know, I need to do all this admin work. Oh, you know, I need to be really precious about this thing or this other thing. Or, you know, maybe I need to like do more research. And I mean, hey, there's like, research is great. I was doing research before we hopped on this call um, about some some work that I'm kind of playing around with. You know, like research is, is a huge component to art making. But I think, and I'm sure a lot of artists can relate, like there's also a point where you're like, this, I'm getting to a point in my work where it's, I feel so fragile and kind of raw that I like need to take a step back and find a way to deal with creating, but also like being kind to my own psyche because it's kind of, it's rough. It's hard. You know, I think rewatching some of the video stuff that I'm doing, which is very 
you know, it's very intense. Like my, my video work can be quite intense. And so and it's meant to be, it's meant to spark that conversation. It's meant to, it's meant to hold you in that moment and have you, the viewer is supposed to be there with me. The point of the video work is we're in it together. I'm going through it and you're going through it with me, which is really like what, like the root of empathy is. And that's why so much of my work is about, this is what my body feels like. This is what my emotions feel like. We're in this together, the artist and the viewer. It's, it's a relationship and it's an experience that's meant to coexist in my work. So it's powerful, but it's also like, sometimes I'm like, why can't I just do, I don't know. I mean, something a little bit less intense and maybe, um, I don't know, like paint some flowers sometime or. I, I think it's really about like finding the best medium and the, and you know, that, or the most effective medium in which you can communicate your ideas, you know, and you have painted traditionally and you, you do a incredible collage work. Um, you know, you're interested in sculpture and I think with your work in video, you know, it is, I would say for sure your video work is communicating what it is you want to communicate to your audience in the most effective way. So I think it's a matter of like, for any artist, just figuring out, um, and it takes a lot of, you know, sometimes trial and error and like experimentation and, and just allowing room for a creative exploration until you find the medium or the media um, that you feel you can really communicate what it is you're trying to say with your work in the most effective way. I really feel that you found that through video and I'm so excited to see how your, your video work continues to develop. Um, because, you know, as you said, it really feels like you are bringing the viewer into the room with you. For anyone listening, Kim's video, the first one that she has <laughs> uh, worked on, which is so incredible and so powerful, um, takes place in a sort of like stark white room. It's uh, a very uh, intense sort of like visceral experience. And we feel like we're in that room with you when that video is playing. So I'm excited to see how your work continues to evolve. And I just appreciate so much you giving yourself permission to explore these themes in different ways. Yeah, thank you. I think it's, um, I, I mean, I think it's kind of like the I don't know any other way to work. <laughs> I think um, before I was a full-time artist and I was kind of doing art, art on the side while I was teaching, I think even then, like my work was always some kind of passion project. I want to say something with my work. Um, and I think that it's, um, yeah, like I, I don't know how to do it any other way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I can't wait to see how your journey and your work and your process continues to evolve because uh, when I think back to when we first met about two years ago, your work was so different. You know, it's really like being on this journey with you has been such a privilege and such an honor. And again, you just keep pulling from a deeper, deeper place within yourself. And so I think because of that, your work is just continuing to not just get stronger, but it's more impactful, you know? One of the questions I wanted to ask you as well, just shifting gears a little bit, but it's all connected really to your practice, is the work that you have done with the Mother Creatrix Collective, which is, you know, a, a collective that you co-founded. Can you tell us what gave you the idea to 
start this collective and how it's grown and all the amazing opportunities that you've participated in with the Mother Creatrix Collective this year? Yeah, yeah. So um, it started out with, um, well, so first off, there, so there are six of us. There's uh, Shweta Bist, Jocelyn Russell, Nina Wood, Allison Bellinen, and Caroline McAuliffe. We met through the Thrive Network, which used to be the Artist Mother podcast. And so um, there was a meetup. So, oh, this was like two years ago. There was a meetup at the Met and Shweta and Jocelyn and I met and we were talking about how, you know, the usual, like, how hard it is to, to be a parent and fit in also like getting into shows. And like, I think we were having coffee at the, at the, in the cafe at the Met and we were like, just talking, you know, just talking about all the things that artists talk about when you're like, Oh yeah, I got rejected from this show. Oh, did you apply to that show? I did too. I got rejected from that show. We were like, we need to just do our own shows. We need to do shows about motherhood and caregiving. Yeah. And that's kind of what, what happened. There's a, um, taking up space, uh, initiative through, um, the thrive network, um, which happens every May and it's taking up space, like finding a place to, um, to produce a show, usually curate yourself or with a group or on your own, or, um, it's, it's a really cool initiative. And so we were like, you know what, let's do that. And so we, um, made a proposal we uh, and that's how we brought in the other artists and yeah we kind of shopped it around um applied for a couple of different locations and we ended up getting a show at compare collective for may which is compare collective is a really cool community gallery space in red hook brooklyn um and so yeah that's where we had our taking up space show so it's called the name of the show is time space so that was our, our first show. And then since then, we've had another one at um, Spoke the Hub, which is in Park Slope, Brooklyn, called um, Labor. Um, and and right now we have a, a very, like, I can't share all of this, can't share everything yet because it's not completely finalized. But we have a show, more than likely, stay tuned. Um, check our, our socials. We're uh, Mother Creatrix Collective on Instagram. Um, we have a website, um, mothercreatrixcollective.com. So you can find information there as well. But um, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, um, definitely in the new year, we will have um, something out about a show in the spring. But I can't say any, any, anything more than that because we're still working on the proposal. It's so exciting. I, I'm just so, so happy for you all because the women in this collective are just incredible and so inspiring. Like having gone to the artist talk that you did at Compare Collective in Red Hook earlier this year and hearing each of you talk about your experiences with motherhood and how it's shaped the work that you're creating, it was really just I'm trying to think how to even summarize it because there were so, it was such an important discussion, I think. And one, mm -hmm. I would say like sort of consistent thing about what you're doing, whether you're talking about motherhood or whether you are exploring disability and how that's shaped you, you are raising really, I think, really important points and having, giving people an opportunity to engage in conversations that have not been talked about very often. You know, like we, you, I remember at the, the artist talk, you or, you know, one of the other artist mothers there was talking about how 
it really, being a mother, it's unpaid labor, you know, it's Mm -hmm. unpaid labor and it's very challenging to find the time to make your work as a mother artist. And so it was really interesting to hear each of you speak on that theme from a different perspective, yet there were so many powerful overlaps. Um, I'm not a mother, mm-hmm. but you know, hear, going to that talk and hear, hearing you each share your experience was really enlightening. Um, and I just think these are conversations that need to be had and that have traditionally not been had in the art world. So um, you know, the work you're doing, I think is really, is really impactful and it's going to leave, it's going to make an impact beyond, I think what you, you even realize right now, um, which is yeah. amazing. Thanks. Yeah. I think it's, um, we're really bringing to light kind of how labor caregiving, they're kind of, you know, these kind of like invisible, it's, it's really invisible labor, you know, um, society puts so much pressure on women, specifically mothers. I know that as a, like all caregivers, like just care work in general is kind of like, especially because of our uh, capitalist hellscape <laughs> is kind of, um, you know, like low on the totem pole of things that are respected and definitely not monetized. And so, um, especially if you're a stay at home mom, which I was for the first um, three years of my children's lives um you just feel invisible and then of course like from my own personal experience having a disability on top of that I really felt like I mean being a disabled woman and a caregiver it's very heavy and you do feel very invisible but I think in general care work is it's hard invisible but essential work that is the backbone of our society but yet is not respected um, I've been reading and I have all these books right here in front of me. So I have a couple, like a couple of books I've been reading. There's a book called touched out by Amanda Monty that just came out. Motherhood, misogyny, consent, and control. Amazing book. There's another book that I've been reading called, um, mom rage by Mina Dubbin, which is also fantastic. Um, when I was working on, um, Sweater Weather, one of the books that really spurned me on. Obviously, I've like name dropped so many books in this chat, but uh, there's a book called Night Bitch by Rachel Yotter, which is absolutely fantastic. And it's it's about, I don't want to give anything away. It's a bit of a weird book, but it's like, it's about this artist who has a son. And then she like, I'm not going to ruin a plot point, but she like becomes like, by night she becomes she starts becoming feral like she starts becoming an actual like a dog and it's like (laughs) but it's like i know it sounds insane but it's like this it's a lot of it of course you know is like there's a lot of like symbolic you know like it's it really it makes sense once you read the book but it's it's a bit weird at first you're like what is what is happening what is going to happen um but it kind of goes into this like unseen labor, unseen emotional labor, as well as physical. And I'll say that having a physical disability, yes, like, do I find picking up my children, putting clothes on them, pushing a stroller with one hand, figuring out all the baby gear, all of that is really hard. It's really hard. It's really physically taxing. You know, even though there's like ADA, like they're supposed to be like elevators working in subways, they're supposed to be ramps. There's not elevators are broken, ramps are unavailable. Um, I'm kind of at the mercy of um, all of these, of of accessibility 
to get my children places. Now they're getting a little bit bigger, so I have a little bit more freedom. But, you know, like that's really, really rough in and of itself. But I think on top of the physical, there's the emotional turmoil, the emotional strain that goes into like what they call like the third shift job of taking care of children. Because it's like, yeah, you may feed them, you may clothe them, you take them to school or take them to childcare, or you care for them yourselves at home, especially during COVID, right? But then on top of that, you like, you're planning the play dates, you're buying the gifts, you're reading the parenting books to figure out why your child is throwing things at your face. Um, and whether I, I mean, and my partner is amazing, and he he pulls his weight, but there are a lot of partners that do not pull their weight. And it's all on the mother. And it really, really pisses me, really makes me angry. Um, but it's a societal systemic problem. I'm really passionate about that. And um, we, that is a lot of what we address. Um, one of my colleagues in the collective, Jocelyn, is also taking care of her mother. So she has it both ways. She has a teenager and she's taking care of her mother. So she's a caregiver twice. And I have a feeling my parents in the next 10 or 20 years, I will be in that same predicament with teenagers and taking care of my parents. Care work is essential labor and needs to be respected. So anyway, I'll get off my my soapbox, but that's a lot of what we delve into in the collective. And then of course I I do in, in my own personal work. And yes, I have like the spin of like, also that I have, I'm doing it all in a body that's different and trying to both navigate that physically and also societally the pressures of being a disabled lady in this world. It's can be really rough sometimes, but that's what I'm trying to to show in my artwork. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and thank you so much for sharing all of that because I know that a lot of this is deeply personal, but again, you know, topics that I think so many people can relate to and one thing I think that's really powerful is that is the overlap. So in your work as an artist exploring motherhood and caregiving, I feel like you're really shining a light on, you know, as you said, like making the invisible visible, these behind the scenes struggles that are not often shared or communicated that mothers experience when they're raising their children, especially mothers who also have other responsibilities or, you know, you mentioned your experience with postpartum depression and also caregiving in a body that's different with a disability. And then I also feel like in your the work you're doing now, although it's shifted away from motherhood and now you're focusing more on otherness and belonging and and disability, you're also shining a light on on disabled artists and disabled individuals in general because one thing that you have said to me before is you know, sometimes people assume I'm okay because uh, they might forget that I have a disability or they kind of, you know, get used to like seeing me handle things even with my disability. And so I feel like there's also this sense of these internal struggles that you go through that perhaps are invisible to the outside world, even though people can recognize that you have a disability, they're not seeing the effect of that, the personal impact of that, that you have, you know, experienced and, and, and probably, you know, I would imagine it's something that is ongoing, especially as you talked about your journey, raising children with a disability. So I feel like this idea across all of your work of just 
you know, making the invisible visible, shining a light on um, these experiences that are sort of hidden in a way is, is yeah, yeah, really, yeah. really powerful. And I think one of the most powerful things that you can do as an artist. So I just respect your work so much. And the, oh, vul- the vulnerability, you. really, like the work you're doing, the topics that you are speaking to, I think it requires so much vulnerability. Um, you know, in your video, you are like literally reliving and sort of reenacting. <laughs> I know. I'm like, why am I your... doing this to myself? Why am I doing this but to myself? But I mean, it's, yeah. but I think it's also like, I don't know. I mean, there's, we are such complex people. Yeah. Everybody has a story. And so I think like, even though most people that see my work probably don't have a disability, they may not even be a caregiver of any kind there. I hope that they find because everyone has a struggle. Like yes. every single person on this planet has a struggle. We do not know what people are going through on a day-to-day basis, what their past is. And so I hope that at least a little bit of my story will resonate and a little bit of my artwork will resonate with the struggles that that the, you know that the viewer has has experienced as well. I want to have that connection with I mean that's why I'm making this art. I want to express it but I also like want to connect. It's all about community and connection and empathy for me. And I also like even though even though my video work is like really can be really a bit rough. And I think even some of my collage work from Sweater Weather it you know all of like all of my figures like the faces are kind of like their eyes are rolling back and there's there a lot of them have fabric covering their eyes or their mouths they're very bundled very burdened very um they're not having a good time but they're in in my work there's also a lot of really bright colors i love pink i love glitter i love bright colors i love using using complementary contrast a lot in my work and so i use color as like an act of transcend transcendence i want to celebrate caregiving just as much as I'm saying this is hard I'm celebrating my body my artwork is a testament to how amazing and resilient not only my body but all of our bodies are but it's been a journey and so I think I'm kind of like creating this story almost like Odysseus like one of my uh, collages is called um, the Odyssey and it's all about like this it is a journey to get to where I have been. And so I, I, I kind of like go into like religious imagery and classic literature and different ways of showing that, you know, this is, these are like, it's my epic journey, but I, we all have epic journeys that we're going on that we're trying to figure out um, and trying to navigate our lives. So anyway, yeah. No, I, I think that's so powerful. And it's like, you know, when you talk about community and connection, how you're really cultivating that through your work and how, you know, one of your hopes is that the the viewer can sort of connect to some part of your journey, even if they're not mothers, even if they don't have a dis- disability, but there's some part of your journey, you know, a, a struggle perhaps that they can connect to. I think that's so powerful because making art really is about cultivating connection. It really is about bringing people together. And it really is about sparking, uh, you know, dialogue or creating space, I think, for conversations that need to be had to help people feel less alone. 
uh, I think that's one of the most beautiful things of being an artist is that you have that ability to create work that can profoundly impact someone and help them to feel uh, more connected. So, I mean, you're doing incredible work, Kim. And I think, you know, the Mother Creatrix Collective, I love following along your journey as well and just seeing all the great shows that you have put together and you're really doing incredible work. I'm so, so excited to just be a part of your journey and to see see your work continuing to grow and 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 just become even stronger. I mean, you've always been such a great artist, but uh, I think you've grown so much as a as a creative, as a visual artist over the last few years. So it's really wonderful to to see and to witness. And um, Kim, for anyone listening, where can we learn more about your work? Uh, you know, can you tell us your website, your Instagram? Yeah, so I'm uh, Kim Hobson Studio on pretty much everything. I mean, I don't really have a ton of stuff. <laughs> I say it like on everything. On Instagram, I guess that's it. <laughs> Just kidding. I have um, a website, Kim, but it's also KimHobsonStudio.com. Um, and then I have one collage up right now in uh, Kyoto, Japan, through the ongoing conversation um, show. The name of the show is On Motherhood. It's by Ongoing Conversations Curatorial Team, which is pretty cool. And then um, I also have a collage up right now at 440 Gallery in Park Slope, Brooklyn. And that is up until um, January 6th, I believe. So, yeah. So that's where you can go see my work physically in person right now. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast and sharing your journey and your work and your process with us. Uh, for anyone listening, Kim's work is absolutely worth checking out. It is just, it's it's really incredible. And um, and yeah, so Kim, thank you so much. An amazing conversation. Oh, Always you. a pleasure to chat with you. Always feel like I could just <laughs> I chat with you for, for so many hours. But I really mm-hmm. appreciate you being here today. And for everyone tuning in, thank you. We will see you next time. Thank you for tuning in and supporting our platform. To learn more about New Visionary Magazine, head over to visionaryartcollective.com slash magazine. You can order individual copies on Amazon or subscribe annually to digital issues. We also have opportunities to get featured in the magazine, so be sure to join our newsletter and follow us on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes or tag us on Instagram. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.